0: You're listening to the Food and Drink Show on Hoxton
1: Radio. You are listening to Abby Moulton and I'm in the studio with the pressure.
2: What a tune to kick off with ten and a half minutes worth of disco delights and some all sorts of mischief at the end there. She
1: kept us hanging. I mean, if that doesn't get our morning off to a good start, I don't know what will. Just
2: stay in bed. If you are not moving now, just stay in bed. Listen in bed. It'll be like breakfast in bed.
1: (laughs) We have got all kinds of delights coming up on the show today. Um, Mavericks, we have got boozy tea mm. booze free beer mm-hmm. it's all upside down
2: plus can we recap on your little jaunt up not up what to the, out to the top of the British Isles
1: all the way off the British Isles <gasps> I've been in the Outer Hebrides
2: wow where it doesn't get dark in the summer the party <gasps> just goes on and on and it's
1: on beautiful there was still sunshine at 12 o'clock I took, a, I took a photo yeah. quality wasn't great but you it can see fine. The quality was awesome yeah you can see that the sun's like there it's great
2: yeah, yeah. Late nights and early mornings on the whiskey. That's Abby Moulton in the summertime on Hoxton Radio.
1: (laughs) You know how I like to do it. Um, We are going to get all the gossip on what you've been up to. Um, Shall we, first of all, play a little bit of Steal My Sunshine?
0: Oh, go on. The Food and Drink Show with Abby Moulton and The Pressure on
1: Hoxton Radio. That was a bit of a I'm Crazy About My Baby by Ben Selvin.
2: Nice. Love a bit of kind of old swing and jive. We had a wind-up record player when we were younger.
1: Did you?
3: Mm. Oh.
2: And loads of crackly records up in the attic made of whatever records were made of before. Because vinyl's plastic, isn't it? I think they were made of wax once yeah. upon a time. We had tons of wax records.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, gorgeous. I feel like I can hear the crackling yeah. right now. Very kind of of the old times, I imagine some tea in china <gasps> cups.
2: Tea in china cups. Well, that's great you're imagining that because on the line right now, tea imagined in china cups in a more modern slant uh, with novelty. Vincent joins us on the line from Newcastle. Welcome, Vincent.
4: Hi, thank you. Uh,
2: novelty is what is it?
4: Yes, yeah, so novelty is an alcoholic tea at eleven percent ABV.
2: Um, we cold brew. Tea,
4: um, and then we paired with high-quality spirits.
2: Mm. Do you make it in a... In a, in a okay, all right, and interesting. <laughs> what what other drinks are made in that sort of way? Are you in a kombucha category?
4: Um, no, I, I think we are a little bit um, higher than that in percentage. Mm. Um, I think the uh, best way to imagine is perhaps uh, Hot Toddy here up in the north uh, where we started novelty. It's something uh, you know. It's basically tea with a, a shot of uh, whiskey, and uh, we thought you know we should um, really bring those two favorite drinks, tea and alcohol, um, really together. And um, so we founded another tea. And uh, you serve it over ice in a nice um, in a nice tumbler, or you warm it up for the cold days, um, and just you know enjoy uh celebrate the little wins of the day um or you know just uh, reunions with friends um yeah for the everyday.
2: You're actually from uh you're you're German, aren't you? You studied in Newcastle, but you're German.
4: Yes, yes so, I am.
2: So did you um also use novelty to drown your sorrows a bit earlier this week in the football? <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, a little bit, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um but yeah it was a good game. Um no, but yeah for sure. I mean here yeah, in Newcastle um, I did hear everyone celebrating um, <laughs> but yeah with novelty I was fine
1: so Vincent you and Lucas actually met at university um, so this is kind of like tea mixed with whiskey did this come about because you were pouring a little drop of whiskey into your cups when you were at lectures how did it come about
4: <laughs> yeah I actually had two sort of um, stars around it Um so Lucas and I, we actually met in Newcastle six years ago at a football game, Newcastle against Chelsea. Uh, we realized that we both have a, a huge passion for tea, but also um, a high interest in, in craft spirits. And uh, yeah, so we started playing around with uh, tea and alcohol. And we do have an Earl Grey tea with gin. So this is our uh, British version, and then also Chinese long tea with scottish whiskey so that relates it to asia uh, as well as uh, moroccan green minty with rum and um, they're all 11 percent, so not too strong but um, strong enough so uh, you can really appreciate a nice drink
1: which is your go-to
4: ah good question um in the summer um, moroccan minty with rum just really refreshing really nice um, if i need a little bit stronger at least feeling wise than um I'm going for the Chinese Oolong tea um, with uh, Scottish whiskey. But uh, I would say that the Earl Grey tea with gin is
1: a real Mm. G&T. The pressure. You tried these at a festival. What was your fave?
2: Well, we tried a few cold. I can see that you serve it in the summer with ice and a bit of, like, orange in it. And then in the winter, I guess you heat it up. I think probably the Earl Grey. Well, Earl Grey is my, probably my favourite tea. So mm. the Earl Grey one I naturally warmed to and just warmed up. It just was a just a drink that I'd not, I'd not tried anything like novelty before, I don't think.
1: Mm. Very nice.
4: Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I mean, novelty is is very special. You don't really find it anywhere out anywhere else, um, unless you sort of self-make it. But um, yeah, I think for us, it's really the speciality of bringing those two drinks together, um, perfectly blended uh, with craft spirits and high-quality tea. Um, And we cold brew it. So that means we uh, not brew it with hot water for two minutes, but we actually brew the tea for eight to 24 hours uh, with cold water to really get the best full flavors without any tannins or any bitterness um, and uh, gives you that perfect um, balance and taste
1: and they come in these really lovely little bottles as well that just look so cute so these come pre-made i can just pour it out of the bottle and into the glass so they need to be mixed
4: no you literally just pour it over a couple of ice cubes in a nice tumbler um, and you're you're good to go and uh, you can garnish it obviously as well Uh, we have some nice uh, suggestions Um, you can also use it for cocktail but uh, my favorite is really just uh, neat over ice and it's 11% so the alcohol is similar to a glass of wine or champagne or prosecco so it's um, it's not too strong
2: when you guys first started making up this novelty um, what were you like making it in your flat at uni and then how does production look now
4: yeah, so it's true. Lucas and I, we lived together for a while, and um, we did over 400 different versions uh, in our own kitchen. And um, yeah, we also learned at the beginning that we shouldn't do tasting sessions in the morning, uh, but in the evening. <laughs> I um, bet. So yeah, we did a lot of tastings, a lot of testings, um, really to get the brewing of the tea right and then blending it right with the right uh, spirits that complement the flavors. Um, yeah, so we really started off uh, small and then we started putting uh, production together, supply chain, um, and, and really brought it still ourselves in big uh, thousand liters um, sort of containers. Um, and yeah, and now we are normally production wise doing, uh, yeah, and 10. Ten thousand liter runs and long and more and that obviously um very often per month so uh, we are we're here in the uk we're also in germany and in china so these are our three core markets
1: and where can we find you have you got any other festival appearances coming up
4: yeah so actually um we are right now um as we speak um we are setting up at royal windsor for um The event um happening now this weekend um there are a couple number events that are happening now again that covid sort of um well covid restriction easing up uh but yeah otherwise um our online shop is um is the best way if you want to get it still for the weekend That's not a problem.
2: Noveltydrinks.com is where you'll find it. Novelty Drinks on the Insta. Vegan friendly, no artificial colours or preservatives and three-star Great Taste Award winners. Vincent, thanks very much for joining us on Hoxton Radio today. (laughs) Thank you. And um, we'll see you very soon.
0: If you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show, drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com.
2: When you first uh, found yourself in London City in what, 2007? Uh, yeah. Did you, was Camden appealing to you back then? A Cam- young Abbey Moulton or yeah, fresh-faced? and of
1: course. Camden was really exciting. So was Brixton, oh, Soho, yeah. all the good places.
2: When did you first, you must have been coming here then, back then, 2007. That was, you know, it was kind of our heyday, and especially like Curtain oh. Road. Sure oh, we'll go Curtain Road, it? How'd you get it? I don't know, there's no tube these days, is there? Oh, there is these days, though.
1: Yeah, up here all the time. And it used to feel like a real adventure because yeah. when you lived in South London, you had to get the bus. Also, I'm so old that we didn't have iPhones and we didn't have City Mapper. So you used to have to kind of get a bus in the general north direction and then jump off that and try and find one that went east or west. I mean, it was fun. Wow. You like made friends glory along days. the way. Yeah. How are you from there? Oh, I see you.
2: So, OK, there I, I live in Brixton night. but, you know, I, well, I was in the Elder Hebrides last week and I don't... What bus is this anyway?
1: <laughs> your Northern Irish accent is getting better. Is it
2: good? I'll keep practising.
1: We've got Luke from Lucky's Sane on the line. Luke, I won't ask you about your Northern Irish accent.
5: <laughs> no, please please don't.
2: <laughs> Can you do a good German accent, Luke?
5: Um, God, that's putting me on the spot, <laughs> isn't it? Um, it's
2: too early, even for someone that drinks uh, non alcohol. Do, we, make,
5: we try and make a good beer in Germany. Yeah.
1: Why don't we talk about beer then? If we're not going to talk about accents, why don't we talk about beer? Let's do that. So, Lucky Saint is um, superior unfiltered lager, golden in color, holy in flavor. That sounds intriguing.
5: Um,. Yeah, so like you say, it's, it's an alcohol-free, uh, unfiltered lager. Uh, it's the brand that I started two and a half years ago. Um, and, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess sort of going a little bit further back than that, sort of five years ago, I kind of had this thought, what if, what if all the occasions on which I drink beer could come with or without alcohol? And this thought kind of percolated around my head for a while and and it was just kind of amazing to me because on paper I just thought alcohol free beer is like the best proposition. Um for certain just for you know on certain occasions like there's you, you just sort of you'd love that beer occasion, but you don't always want the alcohol. Um but for whatever reason what, you know, I wasn't drinking it at all and I was nowhere near drinking it either. So I kind of thought, well, you know, I wonder wonder why that is and and I kind of boiled it down to two things. The first was that there just wasn't a product that I wanted to drink that was kind of good enough. That there are so many amazing things going on in other categories and uh, particularly in the food and drink world and lots of amazing products. And here was this kind of dusty old category that had kind of been left behind that I thought the proposition was so interesting. Yeah. And then similarly, once you get in there, then there, uh, there also wasn't... a. There wasn't a brand that stood out in alcohol free because all of the all of the products were just a zero version of a full strength beer. But inherently that just feels like a less than proposition and no one no one's proud to go to the bar and order a bottle of Bex Blue. And I thought I thought that was wrong. And I thought it would be nice. To, it would be nice to change that and make people make people feel proud to order a, you know, a great alcohol free beer at the bar.
1: Amazing and yeah I mean we were just saying before the interview that Lucky Saint definitely does seem to be the one that you know we see people showing it off and it looks great as well. I was interested reading through your website you talk about immersing yourself in the science of brewing but then realising how difficult it was going to be. What are the difficulties that you came across?
5: Um, Gosh, I I spent two years working with six different brewers in three different countries um, trying like to figure fun. all this out and <laughs> I didn't have I know I didn't and all, all while trying to hold down a, a job separately as well but don't, don't tell them that um, um, yeah and I didn't have a brewing background at all so it was a, it was a, a huge learning journey but a kind of fascinating one and where, where I kind of got to in the end with it was we, um, we, kind of, we try and apply the best possible brewing practices so we use the best ingredients that we can find uh all sourced out in bavaria and germany um okay. and then we use a six-week brewing process which is exactly the same brewing process as, as was used 200 years ago when they brewed the first ever pilsner mm. so we use kind of incredibly like authentic brewing process and then we combine that with a modern piece of technology called vacuum distillation which removes the alcohol right at the end of the process before bottling so it's this really nice kind of um duality of very very kind of heritage we call it heritage brewing for modern drinking so it's kind of it's it's brewed very very authentically but then has a little bit of modern technology thrown in at the end to remove the alcohol
1: It also, I was reading that you gave up drinking for a year as part of the um, sort of process of all of this.
5: Yeah, funny enough, I mean, three three and a half years later, I still don't really drink. Yeah. Um, I don't, I definitely don't call myself teetotal and there are definitely no rules. Um, But I I started doing a month and then I did three months and then I thought, well, I'll I'll give it a try. You know, why don't I give up drinking for a year and, and see what that's like and after a year it's really odd it's kind of lots of the uh, the hardest thing I think is, is around the socialising and having kind of alcohol and drinking is kind of social crutch in a way but once you once I sort of got over that then actually for, the, for most of the time now I'm I find it's not a it's actually you know life's pretty good with a clear head most of the time
1: I mean um, that's
5: but as I say I I love, I love I like not having any rules, though, so I don't want to feel guilty if I break it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess, you know, in quite a short space of time, the number of people who are kind of choosing to go alcohol-free for certain occasions has really exploded. Um, How's that been for you?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the, the... I think there's a big kind of analogy to be drawn between the not drinking movement and the vegan movement, that's probably just a few years ahead. Um, it's becoming way more socially acceptable not to be drinking. You know, the status quo used to be, you know, everyone expects you to be drinking on every occasion and that's changing really, really quickly. Um, but actually the bigger thing that I think is going on as opposed to people going sober, it's more of the kind of flexitarian approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we're just you know, we're seeing we're seeing people of all ages just moderating much much more. Um, so you yeah, know, that's it's exciting for us, and I think it's supported by the fact that there are now lots of great alcohol-free products out there that don't feel like a sacrifice. They don't, they're not a less-than proposition. Um, you know, they're just great drinks in their own right. So that that for me certainly that that's what kind of helps the most. The moments I find hardest when, if I'm not drinking, are the ones where there isn't a great alternative. You know, and there isn't a drink that you're like, oh, that's 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 lovely. I'm really going to enjoy that. It kind of, I think the, the holy grail for certainly in, in the beer world is is alcohol-free beer on draught, because at, at the, the the at the point where you're in a pub and you can be drinking a lucky set, a pint of Lucky Saint that looks and feels and gives you exactly the same experience as, a, you know, any other beer on the bar, mm-hmm. then we've broken down all of, the ba- like all of the barriers have been broken down. Uh, so that's been, a big, that's been a big thing that we've worked on over the last year was launching drafts um, and kind of educating uh, the entree on, on, you know, how good it is for the consumer.
2: I'd say in East London in particular you've done pretty well because I see Lucky Saint on draft more than any other non-alcoholic beer.
5: Oh I'm I'm I'm, I'm like delighted to hear that. We're certainly I think we 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 are now the the largest dedicated alcohol-free brand in this country. Um which is pretty cool. We got that stat the other day. Um and Yeah, certainly, like, draft draft is the thing, probably the single thing I'm most excited about, as I say, just from a consumer consumer perspective, it's just, it's such a good proposition, I was, even I was amazed when we launched it, and I was out for the first time drinking with friends, uh, I was kind of blown away by actually how different the experience is, Uh, you're not you're not the sort of the one person drinking a bottle when everyone else is having pints suddenly everyone's having pints and uh yeah it's just where it's so much more inclusive
2: i think your branding for some reason just seems so iconic the lucky saint white on this blue label it just feels like it's a brand that's been around for a lot longer than since
5: 2018 um yeah two and a half years old we are i mean thank you that's really uh that's amazing to hear um I think yeah, I have to say credit credit other way the uh, branding agency that I worked with pre-launch to develop it. Certainly, I'm not going to take the full credit for that. Um, I think they did a great job, Um, but yeah, I love I love literally love the idea of sort of kind of trying to create this iconic brand that uh, can you know leave its mark on the world the kind of world of drinking. and become famous for for doing something really positive within the drinks world.
2: You mentioned Beck's Blue at the start of your opening gambit. Um, do you think a brand like Lucky Saint could go the other way? You say you brew it and then you take the alcohol out. Could you do a limited edition alcoholic version?
5: Um, I don't. I, I don't think so. No. Like certainly. I just the the thing that I think that we have is that you know, we're dedicated to doing one thing really, really well. Um, and while I think we could make a fantastic full-strength beer, um, it dilutes, like, we've, we've resisted doing, we still only have one product, so we just brew lager, and we kind of just focus on doing one thing really, really well. So the idea of, you know, may, maybe one day we'll do another alcohol-free product, but um, I, don't think, I don't think we'll go up the A P V scale.
1: Who needs alcohol when you've got all the flavour?
5: Yeah, exactly.
1: So we can check out your branding and find you on social media. You are at Lucky Saint Beer. Are you going to be around at anything this summer? Have you got any festival appearances or anything coming up?
5: What are we doing? We're doing we're doing a few nice things. Like we were at Pub in the Park last weekend in Dulwich, and we're doing their other shows. So there's one in St Albans. There's um. Uh, trying to think gosh there's Chiswick and then there's a couple of others as well Uh, we're doing a few bits down in Cornwall this summer so we're doing Rock Oyster Festival which is cool lovely a few other food bits and pieces Uh, what other excitements have we got going on we've got we've got cans launching this summer which is quite exciting for us having been uh, you know it's a a big launch in our world so that's going to be great Um, and then yeah more uh, more, more, more Lucky Saint taps and more pints of Lucky Saint pouring is our kind of is our big push this summer as well.
1: Amazing, sounds fantastic. Luke from Lucky Saint, thank you so much. We'll look out and I will uh, get my hands on a, a pulled pint soon.
5: Thanks so much for having me.
1: <laughs> Cheers. The Food and
0: Drink Show on Hoxton Radio.
2: Vampire Weekend, cousins, Hoxton Radio. That's going out to my cousin Cheryl, uh, who's listening in the vets in Wanstead. Uh, any shout outs to any of your cousins, Tanya?
0: A shout out to my cousin, Cousin Julia, back in Moscow, living the high life
2: probably on the, uh, what was she on? Vodka around what at this time of day?
0: She's 16.
2: Oh, okay. Don't be like
0: that. She's too young.
2: Okay, good. Um, Shouts to Abby Moulton, friend of the family, friend of the show, usually presenter, but she's up in Scotland this week. She's doing like a whiskey tour. She's going around visiting distilleries, going on tastings and uh, having a jolly fun time from the looks of her social.
0: Mm, Looks a bit gloomy, but like in a beautiful way. I feel like that's what Scotland's like, isn't it? It's all like dark colours, everything looks a bit, a bit like a painting.
2: She was somewhere on Monday, Midsummer's Day, and um, at midnight night, there's still sun on the horizon.
0: Oh. Huh. Crazy
2: to see. That's just, that to me. I really want to be somewhere like that. It's the solstice today where, well, midsummer's day is where the day is as long as the night. The solstice, oh, I, I forget. Solstice is where the, what's the solstice then?
0: Longest day of the year?
2: Well, that'd be the day, I don't know. There's two different ones. Know. The solstice is know. today in there's various celebrations. Usually in the UK, it's people just go to Stonehenge and watch the sunrise coming up through the stones mm. and uh I know in some countries they do sort of bonfire effigies. In Russia, do they do anything to well, celebrate? Well, so I was going
0: to say, in Russia, um, do you know where would be a good place to be now? is St. Petersburg, because we have a thing called White Nights, where it doesn't get dark at all in June. So if you're ever looking for a travel destination in June, yeah. go to St. Petersburg.
2: Okay. And then just partying? Just, uh, just
0: literally parties all night, because it's light, and... Just go out and have fun, have a drink. All
2: right, cool. I'm up for that. Um, On the show today, fun special guest coming live into the studio, Arabica. Going to venture all the way from London Bridge. They're based in Borough Market, which is uh, having a bit of a kind of a reshuffle.
0: Mm, Yeah, so they're now going to be opening something from this weekend on Sundays as well, but not for food, just for, well, just to buy ingredients, not to buy kind of street food.
2: So it's going to be like a sort of ye old market.
0: I suppose so. Well, so have you bought anything from Borough Market that's not like street food? Have no. you bought ingredients from there? No. Right now? So I buy, well, weirdly, some mushrooms there sometimes. Mm. Buy some chanterelles. Buy some like, yeah, some... Mushrooms that I can't get in my local Tesco basically. Well,
2: things must be busy there then. They're doing mm. this on a Sunday. Maybe that's when they get their deliveries and they're like, all right, come on, let's flog some stuff out the back of the van and we don't have to make it into stuff on the stall. They'll be here live in the studio at around 11 ish. And before that, we've got the team from Good in Brett coming to say hello Emily Karen's going to be on the Zoom line so that's going to be pretty fun
0: You're listening to the Food and Drink Show on Hoxton Radio
2: The concrete uh, with you can't hurry love but you can can't you because there was that app that you had on the radio the other week didn't you and there's sort of like a new dating app
0: mm, It was um, a late date the anti-ghosting dating app
2: So that's going to hurry love right up because mm. you know you can't really you can't even see anyone's face if you're out anymore you've got a mask on if you've got sunglasses on they've got steamy it's like how do I know if I like you?
0: Guess it's got to be all about personality nowadays, is not it?
2: I suppose. Uh, Emily, good in bread—that's a bit of a cheeky name.
3: <laughs> it is. It is.
2: Um, you guys have been uh, not around for that long. You only started up about a year or so ago, baking handcrafted sourdough, delivered right to your doorstep.
3: Yes, that's correct. We launched in June um, of last year, which was at the tail end of lockdown number one, which. I guess was a good blessing in disguise. We didn't really know you know whether to press go or to wait until September or we just decided to go for it, um which i think which I think worked out for the best.
2: and people can subscribe to get bread deliveries.
3: yeah, so we have um we have it's like a two-pronged approach. We have a subscription service where you get your bread delivered once or twice a week kind of on a recurring basis or you can just kind of come on the website and have a browse at the online bakery and order kind of a la carte um, as you would on an online shop so some subscribers just go for the straight up subscription some subscribers you know go and they add a lot of stuff to their bread deliveries and they can bundle up different products and there's spreads and like different accessories that kind of go with the, the sourdough bread that we sell
2: You've been featured in the likes of Vogue, The Telegraph, Standard, Time Out. Um, where did the original sourdough come from? Where did your bread spawn?
3: So, I I mean, I, I guess everyone during the pandemic, well, a lot of people started to experiment with sourdough during the pandemic. Um, for me, it started a little bit before that. I was still working at Warner Music um, in marketing and... I kind of, I mean, I had, you know, spent nine years in, in in the industry and kind of wanted to get my hands dirty with something and and music was, you know, I love music and, but it started to become a little abstract for me and I wanted to kind of get my hands dirty and I started to bake it at home basically and I had my starter and I did what everyone did is, you know, every day I fed it and then it became, you know, something quite, you know, lovely and active. and and experimented and then took a couple courses and that was it from the sort of personal side of things. And then I kind of at the same time started to have this idea for the business, um, which was all about sourdough. And, and you know, I, I guess it could have been all types of bread, but because sourdough had that kind of nutritional um, aspect and offered so many lovely benefits from a nutritional standpoint, um, and has you know longevity due to the way that it's it's made. Um, I thought there was something there in terms of you know filling a need or filling a gap. Although sourdough is already you know you know quite massive here in the UK, it was all about that convenience and getting it people to people's doorsteps without without you know having that you know element of going to the bakery and waiting in a queue. and, and especially during the pandemic, it, it felt particularly timely.
2: Is there any uh, story behind the starter which you use for your sourdough? <laughs>
3: um, it's it's about a year and a half old. So it's not, it hasn't lived that much to have, you know, that many experiences. Because <laughs> um, you'll know, like starters have, you know, are decades old, sometimes, you know, more than that. Um, my, my My starter is just a young starter. It has, you know, been through... You know some some challenges and and uh you know it's, it's it's been happy it's been sad it's been through it all but um yeah you, you end up kind of loving it and looking after it like your own baby so i i really enjoy having it i have actually three different types of starters in my fridge so my yeah my husband's not that pleased with how much space it's taking up on the shelf but you know i guess you kind of get you kind of get hooked after a bit
2: yeah and I bet he loves the bagels so you know I'm sure that's uh such e- even trade uh in the world of like you know dog breeding and pedigree pedigree pets do you think there's going to be a market for maybe your starter in a few years down the line you could sell like offshoots uh, for a premium because people are going to know yeah, that it makes such great bread
3: yeah absolutely I mean this is just the beginning of a long story so we'll see
2: I'm into my rye bread and I see you do a nordic rye on your website.
3: We do we do a, a nordic rye which is kind of for the darker bread lovers. Um it's great. It's got that it's it's you know we have a few loaves that are baked kind of in a tin um, that retain a lot of moisture and nutrition, um, and have a, a, a much longer shelf life than maybe some of the ones that are baked uh, free form, so directly onto the into the oven. Um, but we offer kind of bagels and um, brioche burger buns and focaccia and now ciabatta rolls as well. So there's a nice variety there, um, and all are made using sourdough starter. And um, you know they have that kind of they they boast all those kind of benefits that you would. Um, find in a traditional sourdough product Um, but you know it's quite fun to change it up sometimes and get a bagel or a brioche or um, and you know just kind of change up the flowers the flavors a little bit but yeah it's there's a there's a bit of diversity there like on the website just want to every so often we launch a new product so to keep it you know fun and exciting for all our subscribers Um, but yeah it's yeah it's quite fun
2: good in bread is on the line with us right about now delivering in london on tuesdays fridays and saturdays it's a saturday morning we've just woken up to a fresh delivery of some hazelnut and cranberry (laughs) loaf large um how should we eat it
3: um so the hazelnut and cranberry loaf is is probably like a cheese pairing for me um it, it it it's great because i mean it does go well with a with a butter and jam but for me it's you have to have a bit of a contrast so if you do a goat's cheese uh or even a blue stilton um i think that is probably like and 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 you toast you know if you toast the bread you can have it that untoasted, but for me toasted with a bit of cheese is just the best combination ever
2: i've seen you take good in bread um you take it like offline now and again and you set up little bakeries and pop-ups are there any coming up that we can come and see you in the flesh
3: oh um I do love the I I love the pop-up concept yeah we did one in in October November last year Uh, unfortunately it was cut short because of uh lockdown too but um yeah we'll be doing uh we'll be doing a lot more in this in the fall so in September time we're gonna look to collaborate with some of our kind of like-minded businesses uh either female like female-led businesses or businesses that align with you know some of our you know philosophies and we're always looking to partner up with really interesting companies um, so most likely it will be kind of with with another business but yeah stay tuned it'll probably be sometime in september
2: nice one emily thank you very much for joining us on the telephone line today
3: Thank you so much for having me.
2: We'll let you get back to baking and we're going to go and just salivate over some more of your pictures on the Instagram, which is good in Bread UK. Emily, thank you very much.
3: Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. If you
0: make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show, drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com.
2: This is the Food and Drink Show. Spitfields Market live every Thursday. It's where it's the antiques day here at Spitterfields Market and it always brings an exciting colourful crowd in to browse and shop and uh, probably have some lunch. Have you been eating or drinking anything fun at Spitterfields recently, Tan?
0: Well, so I'm still morning uh, Rafa moving out from below us but grind, grind coffee all day, every day.
2: They gave me a discount yesterday, a local a discount person well. discount so mm. I got a coffee for £2.08. eight
0: mm-hmm. They said they remembered you. <gasps> they, were, they couldn't remember your name but they were like, oh, oh we know someone from Hoxton Radio. Sweet. Yeah, yeah,
2: they're very friendly. They've got a massive pink um, Like, yeah, pink coffee car just beneath us where Rafa used to be in Spitfields Market. You'll now see in the corner a massive pink coffee truck selling. I just drink regular black Americano. What's your drink of choice?
0: Um, an oat latte. Oat latte. Oh, I, was saying, um, I was saying on air last week that I think it would be kind of fun. You know, Ernie, and they've got their teal little milk float. Yeah. Imagine if you saw them driving down the road together, the <gasps> pink truck and the... That would be quite a, a
2: plan. I could have a little race, a little drag race to mm. see who can... Uh, yeah, get Hot Wheel in the quickest. Um, yeah, check them out. Grind—you probably know them. Shoreditch Grind—they've <laughs> provided the coffee at like Hope and Grind as well. So, mm-hmm. but I think f-
0: they're here to stay. I think they're yeah planning to be here for a long time. Because at first I thought it was just like a pop up truck. You know, they're going to drive around. But I think yeah, I think they're here for a permanent spot.
2: I also went to Nilly's Turkish Kitchen for lunch yesterday.
0: Oh, you love Nilly's.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I had a girl with, uh, I had the veggie one and I kind of forgot to say, oh, try and make it vegan. So they put a bit of cheese in. But I just, I don't really mind when people mischievously put stuff in my food that I'm not meant to eat. I just try and draw the line if it's meat, But if it's a little bit of cheese here and there.
0: How do you feel about vegan cheese? Because I've like still never it. tried. Um. Yeah,
2: via Fire Life do some really good ones now. Okay. They do some really good cheese slices. They do blocks of cheddar. I've not tried the grated stuff, but then I'd never bought grated cheddar in the past. I'm always I've always got the ability to grate my cheese, but via Life really good stuff.
0: But does it does it not taste? I don't, I've always imagined it might taste a bit plasticky, or like I think weird there's a chewy. kind of
2: nutty taste to it. I think it's maybe coconut based, but it gives you the same sort of texture. And um, it's, uh, when you look at the protein values, they're pretty pretty similar to so actual what cheese.
0: Is it? is it nutritional yeast? Is that what gives the cheesy the cheesiness uh,
2: I guess so I don't usually get we'll too look technical it. with look my food it. I eat it too quickly so but yeah check them out um, alright it's Hawks food and drink show the team from Arabica are going to be joining us live in the studio and also London Crew Wines uh, well London's only winery uh, they just started to put it in a tin so you can take it to a park this summer maybe heading to London Fields maybe you're heading to Hagerston Park not been there for a while mm-hmm. but you can drink London Crew in a tin they'll be here to talk to us in a little bit and I guess we'll get on to a uh, me cbd cocktails after a little bit of wall paint
0: the food and drink show on hoxton radio
2: so wax crack hoxton radio the food and drink show live from spitfields market tanya dudnikova's here Whoop whoop. elevated with your uh agitations tropicals
0: Agitation tropica. see the disco freaks would know what this is of course they it's a won't. little uh, l'amperatrice merch <laughs>
2: Disco Freaks Wednesdays uh, 7 till 9 uh, They're here rocking out disco tunes Wearing uh, disco merchandise But uh, now we're on the food and drink show Talking food and drink and our special guests have voyaged All the way from like Barra Vikings Cross Arabica leaning really close To the microphone welcome Good morning Looking so well tanned Thank you That must be the uh, the, uh, the Peckham, Peckham sunlight in the morning When you get on your bicycle <laughs> It's just uh, it's made your skin all golden and glistening
6: Peckham Riviera
2: Yeah. Arabica when did life start for you
6: Oh, probably almost, well, 20 years ago, basically.
2: Middle Eastern-inspired mezze, wine and cocktails, nationwide delivery, uh, restaurant-quality meal kits and ingredients, and also a picnic basket for picnic week.
6: That's right. Yummy. What goes in that? Well, that is a combination of, it's all ready-to-eat stuff, basically, so it's... uh, Oh, you've got me on the spot now. There's some dips. There's some salads. Um, there is, in the deluxe one, there is a boregi that's already been um, made for you. So you just got to throw it in the oven for 35 to 40 minutes and crisp it up and then just stick the lid back on and throw it in your picnic basket. And then obviously there's all the bolt-ons, so you can stick on wines and um, there's baklava in the kit. Mm. Yeah. A so winning combination. It is. It's delicious. It's all ready to go. It's been packaged. It's got... Um, Cutlery, napkins, forks. All the packaging is recyclable, so you can close it back up, take it. It won't spill in your bag, or you can rewash them and use them the next day. So classy. Yes, we try. Um, and uh, how how are the restaurants going at the moment? Is King's Cross the newest one, then? King's Cross opened in September 2019. Okay, great So it didn't have the greatest run in. <laughs> uh, we had six months. We are in the n- more northerly end of the estate, um to the kind of east of hmm. Coldrop's Yard. Oh right, east of it, okay. Kind of east. Basically you, you go to the pass- uh, past the fountain. So you've past got, it. yes, yeah, past it. So you go past, you come out the steps of Coldrops Yard. Yeah. Um, going towards Lewis Cubic, Cubic Garden. So there's a strip of grass. Okay. There's a brewery on the left. We're on the right-hand side on the back of the building. Um, the building next to us kind of caught up with all that cladding issues. Oh, lovely. So there was a lot of disruptive building works that were happening around us when we opened. They finished in November this year. And so suddenly we look a little bit more open. Um, it's going well. It's going really well. It's got a beautiful outside terrace, it seats about 45 people, and the inside around 60.
2: Um, and uh, I guess just kind of it's, it's, it feels like a sort of summery uh place, cold drop because you've got the nice steps that lead down to the canal there, and you've got the fountain, there's some nice outside seating space there. Yeah, so there's some
0: exhibitions going on as well, aren't there? There's always a lot of pop up there, you can kind there's of, walk loads
6: around. of, yeah, there's loads of pop up exhibitions. You've got that like grass strip that feels like you're on the high line in New York mm. as well. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been down to like and done that Highline walk between like meat packers and then it goes. I've on. done it. Yeah. Done yeah, it. yeah. So it's, it's got that beautiful feel in the canal and there's lots of outside space. And yeah, I think it's a great place to hang out in the summer for sure. Can people get a picnic
2: basket and then go and hang
6: out in the space? Not currently. OK.
2: Good point. Okay. Yeah, make note. Make note. So what was sort of the first? What was the f- What did Arabica first look like when you launched like 20 years ago?
6: It looked like a, a, he, a piece of Hessian cloth that I'd bought off of uh, a shop in Brick Lane draped uh, over a, a foldable table with um, eight or ten uh, dips and salads. Very, very basic, primitive. A few uh, bottles with homemade labels that we'd made ourselves. I mean, basic. Basic but
2: tasty.
6: Basic but tasty. And then over the years, we just slowly pimped what we were doing. Um, increased the ranges, got some professionals in that knew what they were doing with design, and um, you know created a range of packaging and some products, and and it just grew very organically. Mm. Uh, I guess for the first five six years, we did open a small restaurant called Cafe Arabica in two thousand and two two thousand and three in the kind of back back of beyond of like North Notting Hill, Ladbroke Grove area, um, which gave us our first foray into running a seven day a week operation from you know a very casual three day a week market operation um we did that for about two or three years um jumped out of that and then focused on branding the products and developing the range um and then it was markets and selfridges and various other things for many years and then 2014 we opened arabica in borough market
0: Hasbro market um going at the bone because we we're just talking about it earlier and now it's going to be opening on Sundays as well
6: it is opening on Sundays actually I think it's from this Sunday mm-hmm. it's yep, opening it's this weekend produce only so um obviously trying to focus more on produce to I guess attract uh, shoppers rather than people looking to eat drink um Because Borough can be pretty hectic Mm. on a Friday and Saturday, Mm -hmm. which I think sometimes puts a produce-only shopper maybe off because Mm -hmm. it's just so very crowded. So I think the idea with um, the Sunday is to kind of go back to its very – Keep it local. Yeah, keep it local, back to its old roots.
2: Arabicurra here with us on hoxton radio right now this is a middle eastern inspired meze wine and cocktails delivering across the country this is hard fi at brentford with middle eastern holiday
0: if you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com.
2: Arabicurra here on hoxton radio welcome back thank you good to um, be here i i went vegan a little while ago i flex it up but um a lot of my diet consists of falafels and hummus
6: Nice. Yeah. I mean, Middle Eastern food and, well, all of Asia is brilliant for vegans mm. because it's, you've got that, you've got all of the beautiful produce, all the vegetables, but then you've got all the spices and all the aromatics that just make everything a little bit more interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Quite a few kits on your site that could help someone like me out to make a slightly more
6: exciting falafel. What are you looking at? I'm
2: looking at there's a falafel
6: one on here. There is a falafel one. Yeah. So you get a packet of flatbreads. Yeah. You get the falafel comes in two components. So you get the um, minced chickpeas, onions and herbs and and then in a separate container you get the spices and the salt and the bicarb. Which is reactive, and the sesame seeds, and the idea is that you then mix those just before frying, so that the bicarb reacts and does what its things and uh-huh. fluffs up the falafel. Okay. And then I think you've got, do you have hummus in there? Yeah, that's like There's, hummus, there's like, yeah. hummus for dunking. Then there's tahini. There's. Uh, wrap papers. There's fresh herbs. There's radishes. There's baby Lebanese cucumbers, and then all the instructions and a playlist to go with it.
0: <gasps> Even a playlist. A playlist. How do yeah. you curate that?
6: So we work with a company called Oh. What's Brian's company called? Uh, oh, Escape Open op, uh, Open Open Ear, something like that. He does a lot of curation basically for different restaurants and brands and stores. And um, Brian and I met a few years ago and. I shared some records and stuff that I'd got through when I was traveling from different places in the Middle East and and he basically put this together and then we have just created slightly more uh, heavily ethnic playlists for these meal kits so it's a much more defined experience. The restaurant is a little bit more, it's a looser playlist so it has little drops, droplets of, um, you know, Turkish... Let's say psychedelia from 1960s or uh, um, uh, an old classic Lebanese record, whereas the playlist for the the meal kits are a little bit more honed in.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. well, when the pressure and I get together to make some falafel, maybe we can do a one-off Hoxton special. Yeah, See what comes do to it. mind as yeah. we as we eat, eat and, well, and I'm nibble. I'm wondering
6: where you're going to fry them, but <laughs> well,
0: we'll find a
2: way. <laughs> we'll, find we'll find a, find a way. way. Arabica, you can find them in uh, in Borough Market and also in Kings Cross, nearish to Cold Drop Turkish
6: delights. Yes, both in cocktail form, and we got a cocktail on the menu, which is uh, basically uh, well, it's bright pink and it's <laughs> beautiful and sweet. And then on the top, it's got a foam that's made from aquafaba. So we take chickpea juice, we aerate it, and then um, add carbon and dioxide and basically foam on top of. It's yummy. It's
0: never heard of that one before.
6: It's quite delicious combination. Mm. It's yummy. Mm. <laughs>
2: double pistachio green apple turkey oh
6: apple tea is that a bit of you yeah there's a little bit of us it's yeah. much more of a turkish vibe okay um a lot of the apple tea you get over here is being kind of scented with a flavoring mm. i was at one point bringing back actually dried apple from turkey and making teas with it we've run out now but um yeah proper apple tea is have it
2: yeah i've only ever had it from t- uh, yeah there's a little turkish cafe called the bridge on kings and road and i've had theirs before as well how was it Lovely, yes. it's really good.
6: Yeah, and Turkish coffee, love Turkish coffee.
2: Is that is that is that a, like an is that a um, Arabic coffee or is it like bespoke to Turkey that they're making there?
6: So there are different styles of um, coffee from across the Middle East, mm-hmm. and the Turkish is one style. And then you can get Arabic coffee, you know, in like. I mean, I'm not um, an aficionado in every single coffee from the, that part of the world. But, you know, you get into Yemen and different places and they've got slightly different brewing techniques and different spices and aromatics they put in them. But the Turkish style can be either with or without cardamom. It's very, very finely ground. So it's almost like a... Like almost a dust, really. And you boil it slowly. Um, I prefer mine with a little touch of sugar. Depends on taste. But I think the sweetness with the, brings the cardamom notes out. Um, And then you you Warm it from cold And then just as it starts to boil You get that lovely crema On the top And then you just leave it to settle and then pour And you're supposed to leave it a few minutes Before you start drinking so that the grounds, the mm. grinds, settle to the bottom of the cup. And then we have in some Turkish Delight on the side, is that? We serve ours with a little bit of double yeah. pistachio Turkish Delight on the side, so you can dunk that in the coffee as you're drinking it, oh and it starts God. to melt slightly. I'm yeah, quite
0: hungry it? right now, I've had yeah. breakfast yet, so <laughs> this is I've got no snacks for
2: <laughs> Tanya, so in the UK, I think mid-morning it'd be co- it'd be coffee and a croissant. In Russia, what is it, Tanya? Tanya's Russian. I mean,
0: well, I said vodka and a pickle, obviously, all day, any time of day, you know. So.
6: I think you're
2: winning hands down here.
6: Uh, what Turkish coffee in a turkey yeah. so no, i think yeah. i'm gonna go for um, pickles and vodka actually <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's a team from arabica serving around the clock uh, in london bridge and in king's cross order your picnic basket now order online and uh have yourself a wonderful time and uh, thanks very much for uh, gracing us with your presence today thank you for having me on good luck on your bicycle out there and we will uh, see you um see you in the restaurant really soon brilliant nice one
0: the food and drink show on hoxton radio
2: Alex, if we're going to have some uh, London Crew wine in a tin, what, what park are you taking your tins to at the moment?
7: Um, well, today I'm looking for a nice patch and some, uh, some sun. So today we're lucky. It's, uh, it's a little bit of a patch. I think around now it's coming out. Uh, in the park would be perfect for our spritz today. So that's sort of what we envisaged when we, when we uh, made, this, made this product. So it's a white wine spritzer from grapes grown in Essex and, and Kent. Uh, it's all locally sourced fruit and we make uh, in our cellar. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about our winery. We're um, a London based winery just in Fulham. And uh, that sort of gives us an opportunity to make sort of fun products uh, be innovative. And, and um, this is what the spritzer is for us. It was uh, sort of a, a step aside from our winemaking, And so we wanted to make something fun and lively and sort of a, something you can drink in a park or at a festival and, and that's where we ended up. So. Yeah, London spritz.
2: Um, and um, so you you, the, the, you you pick the grapes outside of London, but you you make them into wine in London.
7: Yeah, so that's the the fun part of being an urban wineries. we don't have vineyards. Obviously, we're in we're <laughs> we're next to West Brompton Station, so we're able to find fruit from different uh, sites around the UK. And so since two thousand and seventeen, we've just focused on English fruit and sort of this is sort of the inspiration for this um this product is that we uh, our, our sister company and wine they sort of work really closely with a lot of great u.s import uh, uh, wineries and in the u.s the the canned market is really up and coming so we sort of saw that in the u.s and i'm aussie so i've seen that in australia as well and we saw that there was a great opportunity for the uk market to have you know a similar product so a canned wine uh, canned spritzed wine that really, uh, is, is, you know, um, riding on the quality of the wine in the can. So our spritz, our white wine spritzer, it tastes like fabulous wine. It's the, that's the whole key of the product, but it's only five and a half percent alcohol, which allows you to drink a few more and uh, enjoy the day a little longer. It's also super refreshing and and bubbly and, and sort of makes for a nice day out. That was sort of the, the, um, the vision we had for it and i think we've really really landed that
2: as you're picking your grapes and your fruit from different people um how much does the yeah. flavor complexity change year by year
7: yeah quite a lot the uk is there's a lot of variants we have you know swings in climate um, so 2018 was really warm we can all remember that really lovely summer that's great for the vineyard as well and in 19 a bit cooler um, so the fruit that we sourced So for this um, can was from the 19 vintage. So it was a bit bit of a cooler year, but what we do in, and this is where the winemaking comes in and it's a bit of fun for me, is we actually blend some different grapes together. So one of the grapes we we put in this can is Pinot Gris. So pretty familiar to everyone I'm sure, but it's a sort of a flavors of green apple, lime, uh, very zesty and sort of hair drop. It's quite a um, delicious flavor. But we also put in some grapes called Ortega, so not so familiar for many people. And this has sort of peaches and riper aromas. And the idea is that the combination of the two and the blend of different grapes we use um, actually sort of come together to, to make them, make the product even more tasty and more delicious. So that's sort of the, the process we go through in the cellar. It's not just um, luck. Say. We have a, a bit of fun designing the, the, the style that we're shooting for.
2: London Crew Wines have been in operation since 2013. How have things kind of moved on and evolved since then? I guess this new Seltzer-esque product is one of those evolutions.
7: Yeah, exactly. So when we first opened, we we actually brought fruit in from uh, around Europe, from Italy, from France, from Spain, and that was really good fun. But in more recent years, since 2017, we're focused on English fruit. And since that sort of vision has um Uh, you know, taken hold. We focused on um, a grape called Bacchus, another grape called Pinot Noir Procos. So our still wine production is, is really fabulous and it's the sort of the core of our identity in the past. And actually, nice, nice to to announce today. We actually won some fabulous awards from the Wine GB Awards today for that as well. So that's you know we are a really well acclaimed um, winery in, in in Fulham. It might surprise people that you can have a fabulous winery in Fulham, but it's true. We really do make great product right here. And then the idea of the spritzer, it is like it was a it was a process to get to that evolution. Like um, why did we want to make a canned wine? Well. It's, it makes it a bit more accessible. It has, uh, as, as I said earlier, you can envisage drinking a can, uh, a really chilled can uh, at a festival in the park, at the horse races. There's just some environments that a can just suits better. And having the lower alcohol was sort of important as well. So you can have a few of them. It has to be super refreshing, super bubbly. Um, you know, and, and, and just more Moorish. Uh, the idea of our can is you can sort of drink half of a can without really noticing uh, that you're sipping away and it sort of disappears. But that is the fun of the urban winery. And back to, back to your question, I suppose, is that we can be very innovative, innovative because we don't have vineyards and every year we can change our plans, do something fun. So we make pet nats, we make traditional sparkling wines. We make still wines red and white and the can is just an extension of that it's just something that's a bit of fun for us to have but it's also super delicious which is the important part of the the, the whole exercise is that we're making something that really um that i like to drink and everyone else that i show to i'm proud to 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 give it to them and, and say hey look what we're making in england this is a cool product it's an innovative product the key difference i suppose and and for other products in the market that you'll see is that ours tastes like wine like this is our core brand we're a london winery we really love wine obviously Uh, it's our life it's our it's our obsession and when you go to most of the products in the market now they don't taste like wine they have flavors added like peaches or grapefruit or lemons but they're artificial flavors we've really kept ours minimalist and very pure and the concept is for us is that it really should be Uh, representing wine and English wine well. It's obviously in a different format and lower alcohol, which makes it even more accessible. But the idea is that it's still very much a wine, a Venus product, which which, uh, as a winemaker I can be really proud of.
0: If you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show, drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com.